Super Bowl preview and prediction, LeBron James, the NBA all-time leading scorer, Kevin Durant traded, and Tom Brady retires. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Win or Lose. Tim Bedgood. It's been a crazy sports week. I'm going to try to touch on as many topics as I can. Welcome back to the show. Super Bowl weekend. I'm going to talk about this Super Bowl game, preview and give you guys a prediction. Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, both number one seeds, AFC and NFC respectively. It's going to be a good game. I think this is one of the best games we could ask for as far as the teams in the NFL goes. I think, too, you know, Eagles have been most dominant team in the NFC all year. And the Chiefs have been one of the best teams in the AFC all year with the best quarterback, the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be a good game. And let's just talk about it a little bit. I mean, let's talk about how Kansas City arrived here. I mean, they was talking about they lost Tyreek Hill in the offseason. And they didn't know, you know, everybody thought it might be a drop-off. They didn't say – many people were saying they wouldn't even win their division. But when you got Andy Reid and you got Pat Mahomes, you find little things that, you know, you just put little pieces around them. You don't need much. Y'all might think losing Tyreek Hill, it was a big deal. Don't get me wrong. But you still got the, you know, the main pieces, the real quarterback. You still got your quarterback. And this NFL, as long as you got your quarterback right, you can put the right pieces around them, and you should be good. That's the important thing to me. As long as you got the quarterback right, everything else, the rest of this jigsaw puzzle, we can put it together. They went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster. Kadarius Tony was a throwaway from the Giants. They picked him up, and he's fitting in good. He does some of the little things that Tyreek does. He's not good as Tyreek, but he does some of the things that Tyreek can do. Jared McKinnon was a good pickup. So they still kind of found a way to keep this offense rolling without heel and like i said once you got patrick mahomes you know it really doesn't matter so you know they beat the Bengals in the afc championship game it came down to the wire but it seems like that's a lot of the games for the chiefs this year they're not that explosive where they're gonna you know can score in two seconds just like that they might you know it might be those close games but they still find a way to win with the veteran leadership and mahomes making plays down the stretch beat the Bengals, got a couple of calls to go their way but hey you can't blame them on the Chiefs. They put themselves in position. They won the game. And I predicted to score that game, too. Man, if y'all don't remember, I picked, predicted that they would win that game 23 to 20. But, you know, we're not talking about me. But I don't know. Can the defense rise to the occasion? That's the thing with the, with the Chiefs here. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm worried about can the defense get some pressure on the quarterback? Are these young corners going to step up? You know, this is the Super Bowl now. You know, the, you know, Steve Spagnuolo has done a great job and he has championship experience. You know, remember, he's the one he was the defense coordinator of the Giants when they beat Brady and uh, that undefeated Patriots team. So he's going to have a game plan coming off a of bye. And, you know, Andy Reid always got something up his sleeve coming off a of bye. So I think the Chiefs are going to be prepared. I think they're going to be fine. They've heard all the noise all off season about that. It was going to be a fall off. The Bengals was talking crazy, and they, you know, shut them up. So I think they're going to be motivated to go win this game. Andy Reid coaching against his old team, Philadelphia. They fired him. Remember that? They fired him. So he's going to have, you know, I know he, if he wants to win any game, it, it's not going to be it's, it's going to be this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think from the Chiefs' perspective, 
they are the underdog. I wish they could probably take that as a little slap in the face, you know, given they have the most more experience as far as playing in Super Bowls. So I think they take that as a little, you know, slap in the face. But we'll see how they come out and play. You got to play it on the field. Who cares about who's the favorite and who's not? You got to play it on the field. As far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, like I said, they've been the best team all year to me since week one. They came out, you know, started off 8-0, last team to lose a game, ran through the NFC. They had a little bump in the road at the end. That's when Hurts got hurt. They kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, but it was still good enough to get the number one seed. Offense, offense is tough to stop, especially with Jalen Hurts has come to his own as far as throwing the ball and their running game. They sway, they scheme things and run different directions. It's, it's hard to stop, you know. One of the best offense, the best offensive line in the game doesn't hurt either. They got the best offensive line in the game, good running backs, a quarterback who can move the ball. And now, like I said, he's got some pieces around him. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard is back now. So this offense has been rolling. They, you know, both of the games they've played in the NFC playoffs were blowouts. They've been just crushed the Giants and they blew out the 49ers. Given the 49ers didn't have the quarterback situation, that kind of got ugly. But I still think the Eagles would have won that game if Brock Purdy played or if he didn't. Uh, The defense, 70 sacks this season. Four guys who've had double-digit sacks this season. So they can get after the quarterback. They can get after the quarterback. Kansas City does have a good O-line. I want to see who wins that matchup. Eagles defensive line against the Kansas City's offensive line. That might dictate the game, especially if Mahomes is 100% with the ankle injury. So that might dictate who wins this game. Can the Eagles pass rush get to Mahomes? Can the offensive line? I know Andy Reid's going to have some type of wrinkle or some type of, you know, might be more of a screen game with the Chiefs with that pass, with that offensive line. So we'll see. he'll have something up his sleeve. So that's going to be the matchup I'm looking at. Eagles defensive line chiefs offensive line so it's going to be very interesting to see who wins that matchup secondary of the eagles one of the best in the league also but they haven't faced nobody like they haven't faced nobody like mahomes this year you go back and look at that eagle schedule they haven't faced nobody not even close as good as patrick mahomes who's going to test that secondary so that's going to be an interesting matchup also the chiefs can protect and mahomes can dissect you know have some time against this because that's also helped out the um the Eagles secondary. You know, they pass rush. They don't have to cover too long because that pass rush is getting there. We'll see if the Chiefs offensive line can hold up. This secondary will finally get tested this year, and we're going to see how good they really are because it's easy to cover when you ain't got to cover long with that pass rush, 70 sacks getting there. So that's going to be a matchup I'm, I'm looking for. Chiefs offense, Eagles defense. All in all, uh, Andy Reid, Nick Seriano. Andy Reid has the more coaching experience. I want to see how Sirianni, he's been so good all year long. I want to see if how he comes in with this moment, having that extra week to prepare. Is it going to get the best of him? We've seen this game get the best of some first-time head coaches, but we've seen some first-time head coaches in Super Bowl rise to the occasion and be the legendary coach. But we've seen some shrink up against a legendary coach. We've seen how McVay looked against Bill Belichick a couple of years ago. We remember that. You know, we remember that. We see last year with uh, the Bengals coach, how he kind of froze in that fourth quarter when they had a chance to win that game. So we kind of see first-time head coaches, especially young first-time head coaches, in this moment, how they can kind of freeze and, you know, it might get the best of them. We'll see how he handles it. 
I think he's been good all year long. One more game to go. I think he's going to give it all he has. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good competitive game, and I think it's going to come down to the wire. Fourth quarter, who makes the plays and who wins. It's hard to go against Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It really is. Eagles have been so good this year. You know, I feel like they've just been the complete team, defense, offense, special teams, a reliable kicker. I just feel like they have been the more complete team than Kansas City this year. I think with Patrick Mahomes, it will be competitive because he's just on another level. He's not going to let his team go out without a fight. But I think winning this game in Super Bowl 57, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl 31 to 27. Eagles, your Super Bowl champions. All right, let's talk about LeBron James being the NBA all-time leading scorer. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar up. And, you know, he's the NBA all-time leading scorer. And I think it was a great moment. It just adds on to LeBron's legacy. I mean, he's accomplished. I mean, literally, he can say he's accomplished anything, everything. You know, he's the NBA's all-time leading scorer. You know, four-time champion. You know, he's got the Olympic gold medals. I mean, he's been named to 19 All-Stars. That's the most in NBA history. You know, All-NBA team, eight times, six-time All-Defensive team. I mean, what else can he do? 19 years of averaging over 25 points a game. I mean, LeBron James has put, you know, a hell of a resume. So I just want to reminisce over his, you know, 20-year career right now. I mean, ups and downs. He came in with all the hype. And people didn't know if he could meet the expectations. I didn't know if he could meet the expectations. You know, he's going to an organization that had never won anything, a city that was cursed. And he just really, you know, rose to the occasion. And, I mean, I think he's, you know, I mean, like I said, what else? I mean, what else can he do? What else can he do? I mean, let's talk about, um, you know, let's talk. Let's start with the first stint in Cleveland. You know, he came, like I said, he came in with an organization that, you know, has been bad for years, you know, never really had no leadership and never really had no, you know, no, I, you know, really no, I popping, you know, number one guy in that franchise, you know, they always had a lot of good players, but never really had like a superstar in that organization. And he was the first and he took it to another level. I can't lie to you. He just never could get the pieces around him, you know, whether that's coaching wise or player-wise that kind of, you know, could get them to that level. And he was still young himself. You know, he didn't know how to learn how to win. He really didn't have a go-to move. So he was still trying to figure the game out himself. But the expectations was, you know, he's the best already, so he needs to be leading them to championships. And I always thought that was unfair. I didn't think that was fair to, you know, expect championships right away, especially when he didn't have the talent. They were trying to bring guys in to help him out, you know, those last couple of years, about those two, three years before he went to Miami. They were trying to bring guys in to kind of help him out, but, you know, they were French. They were either, you know, borderline all-stars, kind of like a Mo Williams or guys who were behind their prime. I remember they brought Antoine Jameson in. They brought Shaq in one year when he was at the downside of his career. And it just never worked out for him the first stint in Cleveland. But there were some great moments. He got him to a finals. And you can't take that away from him. I mean, that was a bad team. Let's be honest. I don't know how good the East was, 
but he did get that team to the finals. Let's, you know, that's one thing he, you know, it's a chip in the armor that he does have. He he did get that team to the finals. So he had to go to Miami. And I I didn't like it, but I kind of understood it. I did kind of understand it. You know, he had to, you know, and I respect it. I mean, he wasn't going to get over the Celtics with that team that he had together. Nobody wanted to come to Cleveland. So, I mean, he had to, you know, go out and, you know, get some talent and as soon as he got there, first year they get to the finals, they beat the Celtics. Even though his low low moment as a as a professional was that 2011 matchup with the Mavericks where he came up short, you know that was one of the you know I mean he can't take that back too. That is a moment that we all look back like damn. Whenever the haters want to come some with LeBron, they always gonna bring up it's 2023 now, but they always gonna bring up that moment with the Mavericks in the finals, and I mean. Deservingly so. He did come up short. I'm not gonna say he choked, but it, it was a bad look. It was a bad look. And on a friend on a um against the team, I really thought they, they should should have handled pretty pretty good in my opinion. But he got that monkey off his back. He came back next year, got in the gym, came back with new, you know, new package, a new arsenal in his game. He finally developed a post game and he came back and won the MVP and the championship the next year. So, I mean, he went to Miami and he won two championships, played in four straight finals, went back home to Cleveland, you know, and that's the one thing you got to respect. He came back. He came back and, you know, honored his promise, got them to win a championship. To me, I still to me, that's still the greatest moment in LeBron James career to me. That 2016 winning the NBA championship, beating the Golden State Warriors, winning the championship for a franchise that's been a joke, a city that's been cursed. I mean, they've had every bad thing happen to them. The Browns losing one game before the Super Bowl, the Indians losing in seven games of the World Series. And to bring that city a championship, to me, that's still my favorite LeBron James moment was when he came back to Cleveland and won the championship. He also ended up winning the going to LA, you know, and winning the championship there. So I mean he's pretty much seen it all in his career. You know, they love you, they hate you, burning your jerseys. He had to act like he wanted to be a villain one time when he went to Miami. That's not who LeBron is. He doesn't want people to hate he wants everybody to love him. So that villain role didn't work. He returned home in Cleveland one one. And he went to LA to finish off his career, become a billionaire, and you know, try to win more titles in LA. So I mean, I think, you know, my my the scoring the scoring thing, it is up there, but like I said, my favorite moment was winning that championship for Cleveland, getting that monkey off his back. But the all-time leading scorer, I mean, that is amazing. And everybody tries to say LeBron isn't a scorer. I'll put it like this. He's the best scorer with a bas- with a high basketball IQ we've ever seen. Because to me, he has the IQ of a point guard slash, you know, quarterback where you got, you know, like a Chris Paul, a Magic Johnson, a Jason Kidd, a John Stockton, you know. Guys like Rajon Rondo, like those high basketball IQs, but he's also the scorer of a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, a Kevin Durant, or a Carmelo Anthony. So it's kind of like he has all that in one package. He has the IQ of a point guard. He can score like a two guard. He is a three, so he's playing the small forward, but he's built like Carl Malone, a power forward. So it's like putting that all in one package. I think that's unstoppable. That's why he's been so great for so long. He's bigger than everybody else. He can stay healthy. 
and he, you know, adds a little luck in there too. But I mean, he's able to stay healthy, played 20 years, averaged over 25 points for 18 straight years. So he's able to get that record, especially with the three-point shot now. They wasn't shooting threes like that now. And down the three-point shot is a part of the game. I mean, guys are taking 10, 15 threes a game. Some players, but actual teams is like 40, 40, 50 points, 40, 50 three-point shots a game. So, you know, that's what was it helped him also. Like, he stayed healthy, averaged over 25 for 19 straight years. The three-point shot, LeBron gets to the free-throw line when they do give him calls. So, all that kind of played a role in getting him this record because this is a tough record to beat. You got you to gotta play a long time. You got to average over 25 points a long time. So what he's done is amazing. I still feel like, you know, I want to see LeBron at least compete for a championship. You know, I think he may have two, three, four, two, maybe four good years left. I think he can go another four, four to five years, you know, if his, you know, body stays healthy. I think he wants to try to play with one of his sons. I know he's probably not going to be able to play with Bryce, but Bronny, I don't know if Bronny's one and done. So he might have to hold out a couple more years, but I want to see him compete for championships. I mean, I don't get me wrong. All this, all these records is, is good. And you know, all that, but I want to see LeBron, you know, we used to, I mean, he played in eight straight finals. So we used to LeBron seeing LeBron play in June and with this Laker team. Now they've made some, made some moves with, we talk about that a little later. They've made some moves to kind of, Help the team out a little bit, but I still don't see, especially in the West, this team really competing for a championship right now. And I want to see LeBron get back to playing in big games. Now, can he be that guy? I don't know if LeBron can still be that guy who who can um, carry a team in the playoffs every game. Anthony Davis is going to have to be the number one guy if LeBron James is going to win another championship. He's going to have to be the number one guy in LeBron. LeBron can't keep giving you 30 and 35 every, every night, especially once the playoffs start going. You're playing every other night. You're playing one team so they can kind of, you know, get a game plan against you. He's going to have to – Anthony Davis is going to have to take over and be that guy for LeBron James to get back to the um, to championship contention or bring in a guy who, who wants to be that number one if Anthony doesn't want to take it. But all in all, I think this is a great accomplishment. And I used to be one of those guys that, like, would argue you up and down. Like, I, if somebody said LeBron James is the best ever, I can't argue it. That's your opinion. I'm not going to look at you like you're crazy. I used to look at people like they're crazy. You're crazy. We're good saying crazy stuff. I'm not going to even argue with you. That's your opinion. And I respect it. You know, I, I mean, you, you got a valid argument. LeBron James has a valid argument as the best player to ever play the game. I think he does. I mean, like I said, you, people have, you know, what they like. They have preferences. This is what I like in the NBA player. Oh, this is what I like. Everybody has their preference. You know, you might like chicken more than steak. You know, blinds more than brunettes. You know, your movies. I like action. You know, I don't care about no damn drama, no comedy, or no science science fiction. I want an action movie, somebody getting their head taken off in the first three minutes, or I'm checking out. And that's the same with ball players. You like who you like. LeBron's the total package. He can score. He can assist. He can play defense. He can get in the post. It's just, you know, so many facets to his game. So that's what makes him one of the best to ever do it. 
a great accomplishment, LeBron James, the NBA all-time leading scorer. All right, let's talk about the disaster with the Brooklyn Nets. On Sunday, they make a trade. They trade Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and two second-round picks. And four days later, they trade Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns for Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Kim Johnson, and four first-round picks. Oh, man. I mean, this is crazy. It was a disaster in Brooklyn. And um, I don't know what, what on, how, do, how do they recover from this? I mean, somebody has got to go. Maybe it might be GM Sean Marks. But just this was, it, was, it seemed promising from the get-go, even though, you know, I don't know. I kind of felt like Durant wanted to go to the Knicks. They were criticizing the Knicks ownership and, you know, the way they do things, but they went to the Nets and it turns out like this. So, I mean, it was just always something with the Nets. I think it started off with that weird hire, hiring Steve, Steve Nash to be the head coach. That kind of seemed kind of from left field and doing things unorthodox. And that seemed like that didn't work out. He just didn't know what he was doing. That's nothing against Steve. He's a, a NBA Hall of Famer, but he just with certain players you gotta, you know, for lack of a better word, put, put your foot in there. You gotta let them know who's in charge and what we doing here and how we gonna handle business here. And he just never seemed like he could do that. I don't think he cared about having confrontation. And with a guy like Kyrie Irving, he's just gonna, you know, he's gonna be like a damn dog when he sees meat or something, he's going to take advantage of that. And that's exactly what happened, you know, from the COVID incident, from needing time away because he's going through, it was just always something with Kyrie Irving and it seemed like nothing was said. Hell, half the time, I don't even think Steve Nash knew. Or, or what was he going to do if he did know? So talking about him in practice and taking shots at him in the media and it just seemed like there was never no respect for Steve Nash. That was a red flag right there. It seemed like, you know, it just wasn't a good matchup. I don't know. And I kind of feel bad for Jock Vaughn because he's in a kind of tough spot now where he has to, you know, take over this team. And there's really no expectations now. You know, I think they're going to slide out of the playoffs in the East. And But he does have some, you know, good perimeter players. The young guys get to play more, so you get to see what you can get out of those guys. And it just – was just a total disaster. Like I said, trading for Ben Simmons, and it's like it just seems like he I don't know. He just I don't think he loves the game. I think he loves what the game provides him. You see him over there in the Louis Vuitton jackets and shirts when he's not playing. So I think he loves what the NBA provides for him. But does he actually love NBA? I think that was another bad trade. I think you could have got something better for James Harden for a guy who's you know, kind of got things going on in his head and doesn't like the pressure. And so I think you could have got something better for Harden. You know, he wanted out, you know, like I said, I think him and Kyrie had issues. He kind of thought it was favoritism and you're not doing anything that goes back to Nash, not putting his foot down and letting Kyrie get away with things. And that kind of ran him off. So you got Kyrie down in Dallas. You got Kevin Durant down in Phoenix. 
I think they both are in better situations. Maybe they might be better apart. Who knows? But it seems like Kyrie has this issue with every team he goes to. He'll find something wrong with Dallas. And, you know, I think ultimately he wants to get to L.A. maybe, you know, play for, you know, the franchise that Kobe Bryant played for. Reunite with LeBron James, which seems like the only superstar he's played with, who he respects enough to, you know, listen to and follow and, you know, let him run the ship. So, I think, but we'll see. It'll be fun for this last, you know, half of the season with Dallas to see how that goes. Um, I want to talk about Kevin Durant to Phoenix, though. I think KD, um, he just wants to play ball. And sometimes you can like somebody and just not like working with them. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, how many people you know you like as a person? I want to hang out with you. I love you. I love playing with you. But sometimes I just don't like working with you. You show up late. You have to do your job. You, you know, always an issue with other coworkers. Like like I said, outside of the job, I like you. Working together, it just, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And that's how it was with Kyrie. I think Kevin still loves him, might be one of his best friends. But sometimes you don't want to work. You shouldn't work with your friends. You know, sometimes it just we, you know, you you separate those things. We work together. I like you. But, you know, and then we best friends outside the course. I can work with my people who I'm cool with, who I can. I got good chemistry working with. And then I got good chemistry outside of work with. So you got to separate those two things. Sometimes it's not best to be up under your best friend all the time. It's like, you know, you start finding out things that might annoy me. Damn, I don't like the way he come to work every day or the way he do his job. So it's like, you know, you don't want to mess up that first. You got to separate those things. Um, I think Kevin should never left Golden State to begin with. And if he was going to leave Golden State, like I said, if you're going to come to New York, you might as well go to the Knicks. But like I said, he just wanted to play ball, play with his best friend, his homeboy. And he ended up in this situation with Brooklyn, which, you know, thank God Brooklyn did him right, you know, and, and sent him to a, a contender where he can win. They could have been petty and selfish and be like, or not, not necessarily selfish, but they could have been petty, but like, hey, you still under three-year contract. You're going to play for us? And, you know, and that's it. But they sent him to a team where he can, you know, he's 34 years old and has a chance to win. And I think this makes the Suns the best team in the West. And I was a guy a couple of months ago. I thought the Suns' window of opportunity had closed. I didn't think they, you know, I thought their chance to win the championship was the last two years when they lost to Giannis and the Bucks two years ago and when they lost to the Mavericks in the playoffs. I thought their window was shut. But, I mean, getting Kevin Durant, that – opens that opportunity right back up. I think he fits right with them. He's got a little relationship with Monty Williams and they were able to keep, you know, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So he didn't have to give neither one of those to get Kevin Durant. So I think this is a great uh, trade. I think this makes Phoenix the best team in the West. I know it might take a little time to get the chemistry together because Booker was injured. So he's just now coming back. Durant's going to be out to after the All-Star game. So you got to kind of get those guys in and try to make this push you know, on the last you know, 20 to 25 games of the season. You know, maybe even less than that when Durant finally does play. But I think they got good veterans on the team. I think they still, you know, Got, you know, one of the best leaders in the game, Chris Paul. So I think he can make it all mesh. And like I said, they're able to get TJ Warren also. They still got a little depth on their bench, too. So I think this is going to work out well. I think this makes the Suns the best team in the West. But 
You know, you don't win championships on paper. It's got to come together, and the West is loaded. I still think Denver's good. I think Memphis is going to find a way find, find a way to finally get it together. Kyrie and Luka's going to be tough. You still got the Clippers. So, you know, I'm not counting out the Warriors. Once Curry comes back, they still got that experience. They know how to win games. It's just that simple. So I'm never going to count them out. But right now, I think the Suns are the best team in the West right now, but it's got to come together on the court. Durant's been traded. Kyrie is traded. It's just a disaster in Brooklyn. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. They got some young players they can build around. Maybe Ben Simmons might play better with Durant and Irving gone. I don't know. We'll see. Also, another trade, uh, Russell Westbrook was traded in a three-team uh a three-team deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz. And I'm wondering to myself, is this the end for Russell Westbrook? I mean, the chemistry from the get-go didn't work with the Lakers because he needs the ball. LeBron needs the ball. Westbrook isn't the best shooter in the world. So um, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And it just seemed like they never could get on track. They always, you know, they, last year they struggled having a losing record. This year they already have they have a losing record. And it just seemed like this team would be so much better. But it just didn't work out. So Russell Westbrook is on the move. And I think he's going to be bought out in Utah. So I'm wondering, like, who's going to take a chance on, on Russell Westbrook? I think Russell will want to go to a team where he, you know, is going to be in the playoffs and at least uh, be competing. So I look at somebody like, would you want to go east or would you stay west? I mean, Miami Heat, I think, would be interesting. I think he can go down there. I think he would fit the culture as far as coming out, playing hard every night. And, you know, and, you know, Spolstra's got that championship has that championship pedigree where he's been there and done that before. I think Westbrook would listen to him and Pat Riley and come off the bench. And he's got Jimmy Butler and he's got some of those guys, tough guys. I think Miami might be the best fit. He might want to stay in L.A. and go to the Clippers. I don't know if I quite think the Clippers are a good fit because I feel like they need like a, a point point guard. You know, they need somebody like a, a Rajon Rondo or a John Stockton or a Jason Kidd. They need a point guard that's going to not shoot, not score first, have a high basketball IQ, get them the ball, let them make plays. I think they need that kind of point guard. I don't think Westbrook is a good fit, but who knows? Everybody's making moves. You never know what it is. But Russell Westbrook traded. Kevin Durant traded, Kyrie Irving traded. The NBA is doing big business. It's getting exciting. This Western Conference is going to be loaded. I'm looking very excited to those matchups in the playoffs. I think the coast is finally clear, y'all. I think he is finally gone for real this time. Tom Brady announced his retirement after 23 years of playing. And I hate to see him go, but love to see him walk away. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, pretty much how all fans feel for of teams he's killed over the years. But it's, it's I think it's real this time. I think he's going to ride off into the sunset, call it a career. I know it was hard because this guy just loved. We thought he was never going to retire. We thought he was going to be out there at 50, try to make it to 50. 
but he's called it a career. He deserves to walk away the way he wanted to go spend some time with the family and friends. Most accomplished player in NFL history, been to 10 Super Bowls, won seven of them. MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs, all the quarterback records. I mean, anything you can think of, he's done it. You know, went to two teams and won a Super Bowl, New England and Tampa. I mean, just there's nothing else you can say about this guy. He's accomplished it all. I mean, he, you want him to be a game manager, he can do that. You want him to make plays and throw for 400 yards to win, he can do that. You need a quarterback sneak, he can do that. I mean, he just did it all. I mean, he had to carry a defense. Sometimes he needed to be the game manager while the deep and play to the defense. It just seemed like he just, whatever you asked of him, he did it. And that's what I respected about him. Was never rooting for him, but I just respect he was going to do anything to find a way to win. And that's what, you know, I think he's the main reason who made why Bill Belichick is considered the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, before Brady, Belichick wasn't a winning quarter, wasn't a winning coach. He got him. He got the Patriots over the hump his first year starting and it took off from there. And it was just like 20 years. Patriots were always good, always competitive. You know, they were always going to be there at the end of the year. And that was mainly because of Brady. You know, he made sure he didn't make the big mistakes. You know, he always knew what the game was looking like. You know, okay, I got to do this this game. The defense is playing good, so let me try not to, you know. So, I mean, and then it just got to the point once he got Randy Moss, you knew Tom could carry a team. You know, he can pick the big numbers up. Okay, we don't got the most talent. Okay, I'll still find a way to get the pieces together and find ways to win, but I think that was just, you know, just his competitive nature. And I think that's come from just like nobody thought he was, you know, was going to be anything. He was a six round pick and I followed him in college and I didn't think time would be what he was today. I knew he deserved to be in the NFL. But if you had told me he would be the greatest ever and all these awards and all these records, I would have laughed at you. I didn't think so. And I think if you ask him, he probably like, I didn't expect this. But, you know, this is the greatest career we had. And, you know, sometimes everything just comes to an end. I mean, you know, they always say, you know, you know, you get older, you know, Father Time is undefeated. You know, and we've seen some things from Time that like, uh, he quite can't carry a team like he used to. You know, this last year in Tampa, I don't feel like the coaching was up to par. You know, the defense was struggling a little bit. The offensive line was a little shaky. No running game. Tom can't carry a team like he used to. He can't make up for those mistakes like he used to. Bad defense, okay, no problem. Bad offensive line, okay, I can get rid of the ball quicker. No running game, okay, I'll throw it 40 times and we'll score 35 points. He can't do that no more. And sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, be honest and be realistic and, you know, lower your standards. We've always expected so much from him that when he doesn't make that play or doesn't win that playoff game, we're kind of, even at 45 years old, Majority of us thought Tampa Bay was going to win that playoff game against the Cowboys. You know, even as horrible as they played this year, we the writing was on the wall. Like, this is not a good football team. We all still feel like Tom's going to find a way. And sometimes, you know, we realize he's just not that. Like, I'm watching a movie now. I was watching a movie with, with Eddie Murphy now. And usually Eddie Murphy could carry a movie by himself. And, you know, Eddie's the star of the show. And you can just put him in, in, in any scene and Eddie's going to carry it. Now it's like, uh, you need to put an all-star cast around Eddie. 
You need to get to somebody else to, fun, to carry the funny sometime or somebody else that's going to make it, you know, make us the scene, you know, laughable and, and good. You know, Eddie can't carry a movie no more. And that's OK. You know, that's OK. You got to lower your standards on, on your heroes sometime. And I think Tom finally thought I thought this was a good time to get out. There was talk that he might go to the Raiders or the Dolphins might be interested or you don't want to go through that learning new things over trying to come in and put your input on the team that they are already might be already set in stone, you know. So I think this was a good time to walk away. He's going to take a year off before he gets into the Fox booth. So he's still going to be in our life. He's going to be calling games for the next 10 years. So it's just um, we still going to see him, just not on the football field. And I salute Tom Brady for having a great NFL career. But like I said, I'm glad to see you go. You know, you killed my team so many times. I'm good. I'd rather see you in the booth than on the field. Broncos got a new head coach, Sean Payton, former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, has now took over in Denver. They traded a first-round pick for him, and, yeah, he'll uh, be the head coach in Denver now. I think it's for five years, almost $18 million a year. He sat out a year, worked at Fox, you know, talking about the games and everything, and you can just see that he was itching to get back into the game. He just wanted the right situation. I think he would have been good for the Chargers job, but they're going to stick with Staley. They're going to stick with their head coach. So uh, I think Denver was the next best option, you know, as far as the quarterback situation. Russell Wilson is coming off a bad year, but I think Sean Payton can get him back right and, you know, get a nice little offensive structure in there. And I think he could get back to where he needs to be. Um. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Sean Payton spent years in New Orleans. He had Drew Brees as his quarterback. So it was kind of like they both kind of needed each other. Payton was a you know, first-time head coach. Brees had the bad shoulder injury with the Chargers. They had got rid of him. So they kind of came together in a place that wasn't known for winning and kind of gave us several years of winning, including winning the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 44. So, you know, once Brees retired, you could kind of see Peyton was going to be on, going to find a way to ease his way out of there. Give him credit. He stayed a year, you know, kind of, you know, stayed a year. Didn't want to make it too obvious that I'm about to get the hell up out of here. So he stayed a year. But after that year, he knew he would, couldn't win nothing with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. So, you know, he sat out a year and was, you know, let's call it whatever it is. Looking for the best opportunity, most paper, best opportunity to give me a quarterback. And Denver happened to be that team. But like I said, Sean Payton, it was a mostly good situation in uh, in New Orleans. Like I said, he won a Super Bowl. You know, he Saints, like I said, had, had great success. We're in several NFC championship games, you know, and it's also, you know, let's be honest here. I got to play devil's advocate. You know, it was the bounty gate where he had to sit out a year. You know, the defenders were getting paid money to kind of injure people. So he also has that on his resume, too, you know. But I think overall, I think this is good for Denver. They were they were terrible last year offensively. One of the might have been the worst offensive team in the league. So having him come in, and you know his pedigree as far as offense, working with Russell Wilson, because that's all that defense really needed. They just need can you at least give us 21, 24, something to work with. I just feel like the defense and the offense wasn't on the same page. So I think Peyton coming in here. 
will be good for Denver. Now, the AFC is tough. They're in the toughest division, one of the toughest divisions with the Chargers and the Chiefs. And we'll see what the Raiders are going to do. But it's going to be tough to just make the playoffs, in, let alone the AFC, but in that division, playing those teams twice a year. So I respect Sean Payton for taking on the challenge. A team that, you know, it has a top five pick that they had to give to Seattle, you know, so the draft capital isn't there. So I just, I'm just, I just think, you know, if he comes in here and turns this around and gets this going, you know, I'm gonna give him his credit because I will say he did have Drew Brees, but like I said, he also built that in New Orleans because they wasn't winning anything before he got there. So it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, Russell Wilson. I think he's one of those type of guys who, you know, I think he needs somebody who's gonna be tough on him. I think this is gonna be a good for Russell Wilson because he needs somebody who's going to be tough on him, be in his face, you know, get it together. You know, you know, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't that guy. I don't think Wilson even respected him like that. It was a first time head coach. It's obvious he didn't know what the hell he was doing. You know, and Wilson to me is one of those guys who he needs a person who, okay, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we're doing. You know, matter of factly, you know, in his face, letting them know how things going to go. And I think Peyton's going to come in here and set the tone early. You don't have your own office. You don't, you know, you're with the team now. You're sitting with everybody. This is what we're going to do, you know. And I think that's what Russell Wilson needs. I think that's what he wants, you know. Sometimes, you know, you got to be humbled. I think Wilson was humbled. He got the big contract. And he came over here and, and played terrible. He's been hearing, the, I'm washed up. I'm not good no more. He doesn't have it anymore. He's hearing that just like we hearing it. He's a prima donna. He's a diva. Him and Sierra are more worried about what's going on outside of the field. He's hearing that. So I know he's going to get Peyton in there. They probably at work right now. They probably at work right now. Going over things we want to do offensively, how we want to attack the situation. So I think this is good for Wilson also. I think it's going to be not, I don't think it's technically going to be as good as Breeze and Peyton in, in New Orleans was, but I think they can be pretty darn good. Get a couple of pieces. I feel feel like they need to, you know, kind of get the offensive line, you know, together. They got Williams coming back, the running back. He had a season-ending injury, so he'll be back next year. And the defense is solid. So just come back with that same mentality. Wilson's been humbled. He's ready to get out there. And, you know, feel like he has something to prove because people are looking at him sideways now. Even some of his teammates kind of look at him like, all right, man, what you going to do? You got all this money. What you going to do? So I think Peyton's going to bring that out of him. And I feel like Peyton feels like he has something to prove, you know. Was it one Super Bowl a fluke? You know, you did have Drew Brees. Now you got an agent, Russell Wilson. Can you pull Can you pull a rabbit out the hat with that? So I think it's overall a good match i think it's a good challenge i'm glad sean payton's going for the challenge he went out you know went to denver a team like i said having a coming a horrible season see where he can come in switch some things around i'm gonna remake this thing and do it the way i want it i think it's good i think the broncos will be in contention and i think they're gonna be pretty good i think this was a good hire broncos hiring sean payton Thanks for listening. And if you guys haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so immediately. It's win or lose, all lowercase, win or lose, 562. Win or lose, 562.